0: safe haven for gaming news and discussion
1: my name's kevin and my name is daniel
0: and this is episode 90 90 Nine my friend oh yo we're 10 away from that big one hundo, dude yo what are we gonna do what are we gonna do is it, what are we gonna do can we actually? make a banner for
1: the podcast yeah It'd be cute. You know how, like, in, like, Arrested Development, they always make banners for things? I could be like, look a banner, Kevin. Look a banner. (laughs)
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess that could be. And it'd be be like,
1: happy 100. But, like, it is an audio
0: Mm -hmm. uh, journey. So, do we just describe a banner? And at that point, why not just lie about the fact that we put up a banner?
1: Because... If there's anything The Save Room is about, it's about authenticity in video games. We're not going to lie about the fact that there isn't or is a banner. There's going to be one. Listen, I'll be okay. fucking goddamned if I lie to a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to lose all your credibility by lying to a gamer. Hell
0: the fuck yeah. no, dude. In gaming, it's all about uh, get good, mm-hmm. it's about respect, mm-hmm. and it's about ethics and journalism.
1: Those are the three pillars of video games. Those That is right.
0: basically the Triforce of being a gamer. Mm and also hating women blindly and mm. also being really upset about what uh, is perceived to be historical inaccuracies just because people have
1: they they view history through a white lens. That's a gamer thing too. Okay. I like I feel like I have nothing to be mad about right now.
0: I, yeah, me neither. Um I haven't had a haircut in a while. I haven't had we talked about either, that. Yeah. I, I keep
1: thinking about. about like cutting my own hair. Or in the least, since I could probably go through a good, like, two, three regrowth period without anybody yeah. seeing me except you, shaving my beard.
0: Shaving your beard. Which um, I haven't done in a really long time. I don't even remember. If I, I look
1: like the fifth you. Jonas brother when I shave my beard.
0: Bonus Jonas?
1: <laughs> the second bonus Jonas. Oh,
0: there's another bonus Jonas? Yeah, Frankie.
1: Frankie is the bonus
0: Jonas. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay, so if you if you spell out Kong, apparently, you get the third bonus Jonas. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um, so, Daniel. Hmm uh we're we're back at it again we're doing this podcast yeah, week over
1: week because we have to week over week
0: um and unless we get real sleepy or work ourselves up into a food coma halfway through our saturday that describes actually most of my days i got real close mm-hmm. made fries and chicken fingers got that double double friedness going oh, on in my belly yeah <laughs> and it's
1: really informing
0: the rest of my day
1: that that's it sits heavy to be honest it like, sits heavy um two yeah. things sit heavy with me on a saturday Poe Boys from, uh, Jersey Mike's. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, what's the other one we like? Pop Ellies? Pop Bellies. And, uh, Azelle's Fried Chicken sits pretty heavy in me. Yeah. Like, I just want to chill. Yeah, no, and yeah. And today I would have been completely cool with it, because, like, I woke up pretty early, I had, like, this Final Fantasy fever, and I was like, I gotta keep playing FF7, and I... You know, I was in bed, smoked a little morning bowl of this downer weed that I have. And, uh,
0: the super downer I just got bedlocked
1: and just playing a lot of Final Fantasy. And I'm like, well, I could just keep doing this the rest of my day. I
0: love that you tried to verify mm-hmm. with a guy at the dispensary and mm-hmm. go like, so, hey, this is a hybrid, right? And you go, yeah, 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 man. It's a hybrid. It's a hybrid. And on the label says very clearly, fucking indica. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's the one thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like people know this about like I'm. I'm. I'm not, we're side branching right here, mm-hmm. but th- it's fine. This is
1: why you're we here. said we would get to the news in the first I, minute. In the first off, minute. Off air yeah, I was like, this is a quick episode, yeah, sure. dude. This
0: would be super quick. And then I was like, oh wait, I'm here. <laughs>
1: I mean, f- full disclosure. Like, we have like maybe four major news items, so yeah. like there isn't much to go into unless we want to like side branch and have impressions on other things. So let us let us bullshit for a second for you guys. Well, yeah, what
0: I'm saying yeah. is that I don't think like in, there's a lot of states that don't have dispensaries, right? Yes, and so they may not know the wonder of like. Oh, Going in and it's Mm -hmm. like everything's legal, you can buy it and Mm -hmm. all that. But the worst thing is that everyone who works at a dispensary is a fucking knucklehead. Mm -hmm. An absolute knucklehead. Mm -hmm. If you ask for advice, recommendations, anything, you are better punching yourself in the face 15 times straight.
1: Well, here's the worst thing, right? Because like we're still in this kind of like... um work-from-home, safe-from-home situation. Oh, that's still going on? A lot of... Yeah, man. We're <laughs> week six, here we go. Wait, what? <laughs> and so a lot of businesses are either having you do pickup, delivery, or ordering through online services, and the dispensers out here are doing the same thing. So I specifically ordered... Oh, because a, it,
0: cause it's considered an essential Essential
1: good. good. Essential and good. it is, because it's... For some a lot of people, it's medicinal. Yeah. Um, people I,
0: need it for pain, pain. for back pain, mm-hmm. head pain, migraine, mm-hmm. all kind of... Or pain. to just
1: enhance their general life, because life is pretty dry. To enhance their gain. Yeah. <laughs> sidebar on the sidebar you know well, don't do drugs kids we, you know this is completely legal drug for us out here yes we for all the kids that listen to <laughs>
0: the famous podcast the, the safe, safe room,
1: room. Um, brought to you by soundcloud <laughs> <laughs> I totally, totally lost my,
0: Did you, my, my thoughts. No, so you walk into dispensary. Yeah. Everyone there is a fucking knucklehead so, that you should yeah, listen to because they'll recommend you the mm-hmm. worst goddamn things in the world and be like, oh, this is so fire, dude!" And yeah. it's like, "What's fire about this?" It's only maybe
1: want to like get couch locked, eat Doritos for ten hours, and I'm like, "That's not I don't what do I like that. about like smoking." Yeah, it's <laughs> like I don't want to do that. And they're like, "What?" So, so the one I found was supposed to be like a, a hybrid, you know, like an indica sativa hybrid, little creative, little uppity, like little, you know. Mm, you know, get me springy. This one is perfectly like perfectly balanced. Perfectly balanced. This is balanced in one direction. It is a straight indica and it makes me feel so sleepy. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, this guy has been lethargic and I was like, what's yeah. going on? Did he get to a heavy part in Final Fantasy 7?
1: Yes. Did Yes, yeah. She, did the dog die? No. Did the talking dog die? <laughs> chapters 12 and on i'm on yeah. chapter 17 right now is is nothing but just straight feels heavy moments yeah and heartache that's what i want final fantasy 7 is making me hurt
0: you're awakening emotion mm-hmm. which i think is one of the songs on the on the soundtrack awakening emotion <laughs> it's it's right under uh rotting underneath the pizza or... <laughs> <laughs> under the rotting pizza oh, yeah, whatever yeah
1: <laughs> yeah if I, if I had a summon materia it would just yeah. say raw emotion just
0: raw emotion
1: <laughs> but no um we've been spending the last uh eight days with that game in this quarantine state between, you know, working and doing our standard stuff that we do is, you know, as people, as people, uh, we celebrated Kevin's birthday as well this past week. He, hey. he turned a ripe 30. It
0: felt like a hundred years ago. Yeah. My birthday
1: I had a long fucking work week. Mm.
0: Every work week has been super, super long. Right? Yeah and what i do to decompress um is think about all the things that have bothered me in a day mm-hmm. and then struggle mm-hmm. to go to sleep but it's been nice to have final fantasy to kind of distract me here and there i've been playing i've been going so hard i've been playing until like 2 to 2:30 a.m. every night same dude
1: right and let me tell you like so <laughs> i'll play games late like i'll play late night sessions of overwatch but typically with single player games i tap out at a point like mm-hmm. midnight i'm like all right i'm ready to lay down to my reruns of the office and arrest development or whatever else i feel like watching but this game has me like at the edge of my bed until like 1:32 a.m every night and it's got you it, gripped and it takes me back to when i was like in high school playing final fantasy 10 10 2 9 all of like the bangers that got me into the franchise go back what you heard me. Yeah, I heard you. I
0: did. Ten, that's fine. Ten. I
1: heard, I heard something
0: else. That's yeah, so ten two. Ten two. Yeah. I was, whoa, whoa. I was whoa. a sophomore in high school. That was and the I would one that got you into drinking it,
1: huh? a two liter of, of vanilla Pepsi and oh, just wow. going hard on a video game until like the sun came up. And this brings me back to that. That just like engaged gripping story and, and everything <laughs> can
0: we uh, can we actually like when they when they do like uh like a game of the year edition of mm-hmm. this game can we get our review on the box uh-huh. the save room boys say it's as gripping as final fantasy 10 2 <laughs>
1: <laughs> i wouldn't quite say that are you sure because that's that sounds like what you <laughs> no, were going for not, no, it just it, yeah. it uh emulates a similar feeling emulates the, the,
0: the, the feel the, yeah the, no the i got you yeah. like of, of a game that you can just really like you just devour like it's a bag of ruffles. Like you get to the bottom and you go, oh my god. When, yeah. I, w- I don't remember when I started and I didn't know how to stop.
1: I literally like, I it is the Pringles of video games. Yeah, you, you pop, you can't stop.
0: I'm like, uh, what, like 36 hours into the game at this point? Mm-hmm. Um, 36, 37. And I'm almost, a game is good when you dread it ending. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about Final Fantasy VII right now. Yeah. I'm dreading getting to the ending, even though I know it's like, fuck, I'm in third act territory. I know it. I yeah, know it.
1: and the third act is, like, you get to a point where it's, like, pretty linear. It's, like, boom, heavy yeah. plot beat to heavy plot beats to heavy plot beat. Oh, I knew it was going to be that. And, yeah. like, typically in a Final Fantasy game, here's what you could dread happening, right? You get to the third act, and there's still so much open-world stuff to do to kind of pad out until you can finally say, you know what? I am ready to hang up my, my Cloudbuster and end this, this adventure. This game doesn't quite do it like that because it's such a, like, it's t- trying to sell such a very singular story to the end. Um, whereas I imagine, like part two and on, like there's going to be more end game content, but yeah, I'm I'm dreading it. I think the one saving grace is knowing that like there is a new game plus and a hard mode and still more stuff to roll into, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of neat. But like, I, I, Truly don't want it to end because it is such a special, special remake and everything about it is just fucking so well done. And it's a really cool. I, yeah. I I
0: almost stress like remake is like the, reimagining is, is a closer to the mark kind of kind of way to think about this, you know, because they've reimagined every component to mm-hmm. it and decided to add context that was never there to begin mm-hmm. with that. I'm glad is there suddenly, mm-hmm. you know, like l- characters get more than a little say, maybe fleshed mm-hmm. out a bit more and it makes the get, world like, feel so Breathable and livable, and like you, it just feels fleshed out. You yeah,
1: know? I would say this is probably some of the most fully realized character work in a Final Fantasy that I've ever seen, undoubtedly. Like some of the interactions, some of like the B plot, C plot missions you go on with like you know people from Avalanche, like Jesse, biggs Wedge, or like the the one on one missions you have with like mm-hmm. Aerith. Um, it's just like you get so much more context for these characters that you didn't originally have, and it's so special and you you just <laughs> you want to know what's going to happen next in the game but you don't want to like be taken away from these characters because like you're enjoying their time with them like there's there's few interactions that i've had that i haven't enjoyed or had a smile on my face while playing and mm-hmm. it, i don't know it's a, it's a testament because like i always say i um i never smile when i play video games no you just have the stupid grimace on your face unless it's fucking resident evil 2 um then you're smiling with a boner that's true yeah that's true. But, like, I say it to you all the time, like, I forget how much of a Final Fantasy fan I am. Huh. And this this reminds me that I'm, a, like, a huge Finn fan.
0: A f- you're a Finn fan? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you forget. I'm like, I've always thought of you as, like, a pretty pretty decent uh, Final yeah. Fantasy fan.
1: As I have, like, you know, these, like, special edition Final Fantasy yeah, like, you boxes, have all... like, doting my, my bookshelf. Yeah,
0: and you're into that um, really weeby shit, too. That, mm. What is that one with the fucking cartoon characters? Uh, the really shitty one. The piece of shit. Oh. The, pe- the piece of shit. With the cartoon characters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't recall. Uh, Can't think of the name. Yeah. Something with Disney. Mm -hmm. Anyway. (laughs) I give Kingdom Hearts so much shit. You do. A lot of shit. Mm -hmm. And I really do enjoy the original game. Mm -hmm. But that's honestly where it stops. Okay.
1: That's where it stops for good. (laughs) What if I tricked you and said, part of what you're playing in Final Fantasy VII Remake is Kingdom Hearts.
0: I'm actually in Hollow Bastion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're in a simulation that, is that... <laughs> like, that Leon put together and, like, the kid from Drawn.
0: I, I would be into that, actually. <laughs> I want the game to trick me. I like, I like it when games subvert
1: mm-hmm.
0: my uh, my expectations. That's the best stuff right there, right? And from what I understand, I don't want to get into any spoilers or nothing, but I understand that this game is pretty subversive, mm-hmm. especially compared to the original. And I'm interested to get to those points. Mm-hmm. I I even committed myself, my friends, mm-hmm. After I finish this game, going back and beating the original Final Fantasy VII through and through, yeah, so that I have that foundation, uh, <laughs> that foundation uh, to kind of like
1: reference and be like, oh,
0: that's what's different.
1: I'm oh, kind of right there with you because like the
0: Talking Dog is from.
1: They they have it on on the Switch, and I might just get it on there so I can kind of play it yeah. like, very leisurely in my bed. But like I I got pretty hard. Pretty Name a far. game you
0: don't play in your bed. <laughs> you know i like to play overwatch standing sometimes on my coffee table is that what it is yeah
1: <laughs> peak gargoyle position yeah he, he puts on his steel series headset and he make
0: sure to jump in there and get those good comp wins
1: <laughs> but i had that same thought of like you know let's go back to the original because i never did beat it but I, I did go pretty hard on it i think i put like 60 hours in, in it when i first played it and i'm surprised by how much of it i remember or how much of it is still kind of tied to like my emotions based off of just listening to the soundtracks growing up Mm -hmm. or just kind of revisiting the idea of what Final Fantasy VII was over the years in terms of, like, supplemental content or, you know, other things. I think
0: really, truly special games always have very distinctive art designs mm-hmm. in combination with like music that is overly mm-hmm. memorable i would say like even i'm like playing this game going like i know that theme and i've never beaten final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. it's it's it, i i think the best games out there definitely have that combo right mm-hmm. we were almost talking about that where it's kind of disappointing like as of late newer games don't really seem to drive home the music as much anymore mm-hmm. like i was thinking of um how the old resident evils did have very distinctive distinctive like mm-hmm. ominous melodies and then the remakes are just kind of like throwaway like mm-hmm. modern horror music which is just like this is it's so understated that it's almost not even
1: there but final fantasy 7 remake the music is just it's such a beautiful testament to the original mm-hmm. soundtrack and the re- the rearrangements of some of the themes are just mind-blowing and i i'm very happy that they got um nabu uematsu out of retirement to do some like c- contributions to the soundtrack mm-hmm. cuz it makes it that much more solid um, and, and heartfelt, you know, this man wrote these themes like 23 years ago and he knows what they're all about, you know, and some of the, even the more epic ones, like whether he did them directly or like, it's this, you know, other team of musicians doing it. It's like, you can tell that these are fans of the game and they want to just make it as epic and awesome as possible for every scene. That's all well and good, but you know, it
0: actually would tickle me more Mm -hmm. if, uh, was it Nobo, Nabua? Yeah. If he just like walked in, looked at all the masters
1: and Mm -hmm. was like, I don't remember writing this. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember any of this shit. Actually, yeah. the late nineties, I was doing a lot of like peyote and I don't remember yeah. that shit.
0: What if you just like, I was on Coke this entire time. I don't know who the fuck square was. Yeah. A shape hired me. I,
1: I, I don't know. <laughs> and he's
0: like one wing angel. Yeah. That's what I saw when I was taking yeah. acid.
1: <laughs> I actually wrote this entire soundtrack without even knowing anything about the game. Yeah. He's like, I don't play video games. I don't, play- fucking nerd. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck talking know, about.
0: Fuck it. Anyway, let, let's get into this, uh, yeah. this slobber knocker of some, uh, yeah. save room news because before before we do that sir because
1: i'll say we're gonna do a full final fantasy 7 remake episode. yeah we'll, we'll get into the ins and outs this, this is like this is just like kind of bullshit talk about it yeah dude, like you know we are loving it but.
0: i just don't want to ignore it. there will there will be some more final fantasy talk toward the end of the episode mm-hmm. by the way i promise you True. my friends but uh before we get into that we are, in fact, the save room. If you didn't know who we are, well, we were making podcasts in our bedroom before it became mm-hmm. the cool fucking thing to do.
1: But sure. Okay. We're like the, uh, the Bruce Springsteen of podcasters making like podcasts on like eight tracks. In All our right, I'm to stop you. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's, like, that's how he used to make a lot of his demos
0: okay yeah. like sitting
1: on his bedroom floor with like an eight track the boss the boss the boss we're the boss of podcasters do you
0: think he also forgot music that he made in his early <laughs> days that people were just like
1: what do what were you thinking when you made this and he was just like i don't know i was high what were you thinking when you made badlands <laughs> i was thinking of america <laughs> i have to say the same thing about our episodes where it's just like
0: yeah well tell me about episode 73 i can't i we can't. were high.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like some of them i like i really just kind of like move on they're from gone Im- like yeah. especially if i had an I'd say 95% of our episodes I've edited and I have like a very waking memory of most of them. Yeah. But some of them I walk away from and I'm like, wait, was that episode 15 or 26 or 30? I don't know. They're Couldn't all a you. surprise to yeah. me. It's all surprised yeah. surprise.
0: When I'm an old man looking back at my life, I'll mm-hmm. I'll dig through the old soundcloud.com slash the save room show mm-hmm. and <laughs> and a little tear will roll down my eyes as as I go through our fucking, what, what was it? Uh, the Avengers Infinity War review. <laughs> 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 it's a beautiful one. Oh, it's beautiful. You're right. Iron Man was majestic in that one. <laughs> anyway, you can also find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and RSS feeds everywhere. Guys, if you can actually, like, share us or leave a mm-hmm. review or leave a star, that would be much appreciated. If you don't have the time to do so, we understand. There's a lot of asks going around mm-hmm. these days. If all you do is walk in and enjoy your time with the Saver and Boys, that actually means a lot to us.
1: So, yeah, that's you. our goal at the end of the day. That's make like. Content that makes people feel warm or makes yeah. them laugh or makes people enraged makes, I, want, makes I had a, them want to start their own content. I had
0: yeah. a moment, and this is also a, a, a plug as well. Sure. I was streaming on twitch.tv slash the red herb oh, last no night way. playing a little Final Fantasy, and our, our good boy uh Dave came mm-hmm. in and mm-hmm. he said he had a really hard, long day. And he was like, um and we were both like, you were in the chat, I was streaming, mm-hmm. and he said, Thank you guys, like, you're keeping me sane <laughs> by just like doing your thing. And I'm like, that's awesome. That was cool. I th- I thought that was cool. Moment. I was like, that's the reason why we do it, mm-hmm. right? You know, I, I don't want to fucking hang out with Nabu Matsatsu and talk about his stupid music. <laughs> I I, I want to do this for the actual yeah. gamers. You yeah, know? I want to
1: do it with friends and like yeah. have to be this cool like communal thing. Yeah, know? yeah. So, how are you doing? I'm good. Oh, I, you stream too. Yeah, I also streamed Final Fantasy yesterday over at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels uh, and my stream dropped like four times. Mm. Now, I'll call it stream drop distance. <laughs> it went stop. That's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> but I had a good time. Uh, I was cleaning up on some side quests before rolling into like the, the end game of act three and Dave was hanging out and we were we were doing pull up competitions as Tifa and burning Jules the gym leader and I fucking hated finding chocobos and, and just having a good time, man.
0: I okay, that's a mini game that I started. Like I liked it first, and then the the second challenge, fucking bullshit. Hated it.
1: I do like how they just like have have these workout games that are kind of like mini rhythm games. Yeah, where they make you like internalize like the button patterns, and then they take like the the UI away from you, and they're like, okay, remember it. I'm fine with the concept, but the difficulty of the second part was just so much. Listen, he's a gym leader. I don't. You think you could just walk into a gym and fucking like I don't know, Parisian or Cerulean City from Pokemon and just fucking take a badge from a leader? No, that's
0: literally the premise of those games. No,
1: you have to beat them. You got to beat them at their own game. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Not not fucking fail fifteen thousand times in front of them and have them go.
1: Ha! I'm in peak condition. Let me tell you something. Yeah ash didn't win every fucking battle sometimes he had to do two
0: i don't think he ever won any battle right wasn't that his thing he's never won a battle (laughs) he's actually it's always
1: been his friends (laughs) or pikachu winning for him they have
0: they've had to reset uh pikachu's bones uh, so many times before (laughs) they they keep a pokemon around that like heals that way where it's like oh looks like you you shattered pikachu's skull again (laughs) do you hear that fucking dog i
1: hear that dog that dog's back jesus christ oh my god he's back again oh
0: my god i want to do
1: just a quick other plug um if you didn't know we put up our resident evil 3 remake episode over at all those spots uh check it out yeah we like talking about that game a lot and uh i don't know resident evil is kind of our brand so show that some love
0: resident evil is kind of our brand the save room is actually uh capcom told me i should name the podcast that Mm -hmm. yeah i actually wanted to call it gamers rise up Mm -hmm. but uh yeah just the logo ideas weren't very good uh one other thing i wanted to mention that happened in the news before we. Get into some of this stuff is that uh jason schreier formerly of kotaku <laughs> the mothman himself. has left kotaku that's why i said formally a yeah. second ago yeah i need a i need an editor for my
1: words that's okay me too man
0: but um he cited uh basically his dissatisfaction with parent company G-O Media, or i think it's g slash o media that also owns a bunch of other publications like deadspin and such and Geo Media has been slammed uh before pretty much everyone that works from goes they suck and they don't get this business at all yeah <laughs> basically uh more famously deadspin mm. basically all of their staff left because they hated working for uh geomedia because they got a mandate saying like oh i know you guys are you know renowned for your people pieces but stick to sports mm-hmm. uh, to the point where they started like the retaliate started like making merchandise for stick to sports and all that. That's pretty funny.
1: But Damn. it's, it, you get like geo media coming in though for like uh, Kotaku and it's like, they can't even say stick to video games. Cause I'm sure they're like so far removed from the process of understanding that form of entertainment. <laughs> Do they know
0: that Kotaku exists yeah, <laughs> or right. that they
1: own them? Basically, yeah.
0: A lot of people left. Uh, Cecilia Day Anastasio left mm-hmm. for Wired for citing a mm-hmm. lot of uh, grievances that she had with the Geo Media as well. But yeah, Jason Trier said that he's going he's gonna to work for another publication. Did not mm-hmm. specify which. Some people are saying it's probably going to be like maybe New York Times because they're trying to like shore up their video game mm-hmm. uh coverage i should say and he's written a few pieces yeah it was either maybe not new york times it might have been another new york something i know washington post was also another one that they said mm. was a maybe for him that'd
1: be interesting seeing yeah. him go to a higher level like publication because like he we always say he's kind of the last true journalist left in gaming journalism, in games media. Like, he's out there, like, seeking, like, the real stories, doing exposés, having these stories come out that actually change the media, like, the stories mm-hmm. from, like, 2018 about, like, you know, um... What is it uh, Rockstar Games yeah, and their crunch. Yeah, Rockstar yeah. Games and their whole crunch cycles, and then even stuff beyond that, like, you know, stuff with BioWare, the stuff with Naughty Dog, like, all these stories, yeah. and he, he breaks them, you know... Not because he's trying to do it maliciously, but because these are stories that need to be told, you know? And I feel like him and uh, Cecilia de Anastasio, Heather Alexander, like, all these journalists are out there trying to, like, make this real news happen.
0: Yeah, because in his perspective, he mentioned on his, like, uh, his outro article mm-hmm. that he believes the kind of journalism that him and his peers perform mm-hmm. are what keeps the industry Uh, healthy Mm -hmm. that keeps these big conglomerations in check and it's so interesting to see like kind of the response that's happened well one companies have pivoted completely around stories that he has written where Mm -hmm. they're like we need to change our culture rockstar Mm -hmm. famously he wrote a uh, follow-up article that came out last week about how rockstar is internally changing their practices Mm -hmm. and actually taking a much more lax um, perspective on yeah. game development to the point where GTA 6 which is supposed to be in development right now mm-hmm. they're saying it's not going to be this fucking monolithic forever game when it first releases instead Good. they're going to actually um, iterate on it in, in chunks over time so mm-hmm. it's easier on the development staff and it also gives fans something to look forward to because there's more parts of like whatever city opening up to them yeah. throughout time we'll see how that approach works but I think it makes sense for the uh, the employees so it's cool to see these stories actually come out mm-hmm. and make a goddamn difference and I, I I would be remiss to see uh, people like Jason Trier run out of the industry because of companies like Geo yeah. Media. You I'm, know? I'm
1: glad he's not running out of the, the industry. Like, it's taken a... He's, he has thick skin. You know, he gets a lot of abuse from people for the stories he puts out. People Bethesda. Are, are not kind to him at all. No. I mean, he's out there doing hard, hard work, and I'm, I'm glad he's like... He's still staying in the game and still trying to get that real news out there because it's important. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that he's actually taking time for himself too, to, you know, like, spend time with his daughter and his family and work on uh, the sequel to Blood, Sweat, and Pixels.
0: It is a different book, yeah. but, yeah, it, apparently it won't be in the same lens mm-hmm. at all. It, okay.
1: it might focus more on Crunch. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But, so. like, still, like, you know, a follow-up to, like, what he started with that. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's um, writing another video game book. Industry yeah. insider book, so... Um, you know congrats to him to to setting himself free you know because I'm sure that's hard especially now with everything going on to like say I'm going to leave a major company that I have a lot of like uh, that I owe a lot of my work to Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, at a point you have to realize, like, okay, I've outgrown this and this is different than what it was when I started, you know? Yeah, it's he, not true to who I am as a journalist anymore. He's worked
0: there since 2012, yeah. from what I understand. So, yeah, power to you, Jason. But, like, that's not the end where, yeah, that's I, not the end of him.
1: Right I, I want to shout out this thing that he wrote. Um, it was kind mm-hmm. of his last, like, hurrah on Kotaku um, before they basically, like, closed his account forever. Uh, it says, video games delayed. The video game industry has collectively decided to delay every game in production, Kotaku has learned. <laughs> a spokesperson for the video game industry has declined to comment <laughs>
0: he was known for being the first guy to break game delays and people would get to the point where they would blame him for delays yeah. he's like i'm just telling you what's happening what's mm-hmm. gonna happen either way <laughs> which is great
1: he was on an episode this past week of um, kind of funny as we have cool friends oh was he really which i really i really, really want to check that out because like yeah. if you guys don't know that's it's a show that greg miller does where he invites his friends from the industry or other like parts of the entertainment industry or people he just thinks are cool to come on and talk about their careers and their lives. So that's a cool one. Check that out over on their channel.
0: Oh, and also, Jason's starting. He's not going to be doing Kotaku Split Screen anymore, their podcast. Uh, he's doing a new podcast called Triple Click mm. with um, the same co host from Kotaku Split Screen. He, did he do that with Kirk Hamilton? Yes. Okay. Kirk Hamilton, and I forgot the other person. But um, they are going to be on the Maximum Fun Network. Mm. Yeah. So there goes our slot.
1: <laughs> yeah, which was truly owed to us at this point of, you know, almost 100 episodes of podcasting. I,
0: I would have picked them over us <laughs> yeah. anyway.
1: That's that's true.
0: Ah, Daniel, I got some news for you, man. Sure. Late Streets on me. of Rage 4. Whoa.
1: Has a release date. That's a hot word for me.
0: April 30th, my friend, Ow. is when it comes out digitally, your physical release. Who knows when that's coming?
1: Yeah, the one that I got through Probably Limited Run Games is going to be... Super sweet, but they made no promises on what's even going to no. ship, or if the final design is even actually complete, Yeah, because uh, there's a lot of moving parts to, like, you know, the Sega case and the shell case for the Steelbook and all this other stuff, so yeah. I'm cool to wait for it. I wish a digital copy came with mine, so I could at least play it in the meantime, but you know, whatever. Like, if it if it comes out in June, that's fine. So wait, you're not going to pick it up on the 30th? No. You're not going to download the game on the 30th? No. This game
0: that you've been waiting on forever in favor of the physical edition.
1: That I already paid for? I'm going to wait.
0: I don't know, that doesn't sound like very gamer to me, man. A gamer would get both.
1: Okay, okay. I'm going to get it. <laughs> okay, okay, man, go go for it. The I'm not is, waiting like, for any. I already spent like the... How was much it? was the edition? I think it was like 60, that's 70 bucks. Lots, lots of, that's some money. It's probably yeah. going to
0: be like 20 bucks when it comes out.
1: I think like yeah 20 or 30 bucks oh, maybe wow. like they put a lot of like um time in, in,
0: listen, in love and and listen I didn't know stuff. it was like that I yeah. know you were waiting on this game fucking forever I didn't know you were gonna wait uh until the physical release that may or may not come out
1: it's not like I've been waiting on it since the last one came out in like 93 or whenever that was like, 26 I've, years ago yes I've so. literally been waiting on it since it was announced like what the summer of 2018 and then you know when we played it at PAX I was like cool I have it in my hands I hope it comes out soon I'm shocked I can wait another few months it's fine I have other he games he says that but i like,
0: he's gonna have that and game no downloaded. no have that i'm not downloaded. i'm not i have like this yeah, fucking is.
1: jrpg fever right now so i'm sure once i like roll through final fantasy 7 twice and platinum it i'm just gonna play like other i can JRPGs. almost assure you
0: you are not currently playing a jrpg if you're referring to final fantasy 7 remake
1: it's an action rpg yeah it's, yeah, yeah. it's so yeah, yeah. not <laughs> for sure it pisses the the purists right the fuck off what's a sea of stairs sea of stairs so um to kind of jump off of streets of rage since they also kind of have a limited run special edition coming out as well um Sea of Stars, which is the. It's like kind of a retro RPG from the studio Sabotage Games that did um, The Messenger. Uh Um, They smashed their Kickstarter goal and broke like a million dollars. I wanted to hype this up a few episodes ago. I just keep forgetting about it. But um, Sea of Stars is basically a turn based RPG set in the same world as The uh, Messenger. Um, They had a Kickstarter going for it, raised over a million dollars. And because of this, because they basically like raised 10 times over their target goal. I think their initial goal was, like, just, like, 100,000. They're doing all these, like, stretch goals now where they're like, we're going to add DLC and New Game Plus and, like... All this other extra content, like do a documentary and all this cool shit. It's so that, it's pretty awesome. Hopefully, they don't go overboard like um, Yacht Club Games did with Shovel Knight and just like support it forever and ever and ever. Like, So let me read this real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Developer Sabotage Studios Kickstarter campaign will end on April 18th and it's already raised over 10 times its target, smashing everyone to Sea of Stars stretch goals in the process. These goals have expanded the game's scope considerably from the addition of fully animated cinematics to the production of behind the scenes documentary, and the last two are especially big. The fifth, the fifth stretch goal was a new game plus mode and an alternate ending as sabotage explained in a kickstarter update the new alternate ending will reward players who achieve a hundred percent completion by quote connecting a few additional dots and providing even more closure to the adventure of sea of stars so this is pretty neat Um, it looks like kind of a top-down like tactical rpg in the vein of like chrono trigger Mm -hmm. Um, i I like sabotage studio for what they do a lot actually because they take these like kind of retro ideas but put him in a modern skin. Like you didn't play the messenger, but that's like a really awesome, like Testament to like fucking Ninja guide in and like Shinobi and games of that nature. Mm. And it's got a lot of humor to it. And I watched the, the trailer for this. I think I showed it to you too. Like it's got like this very beautiful, like hand-drawn style and like these really lively sprites and the music is just like so, so cool and throwback. So I'm excited for this one.
0: Well, if you like your uh, retro RPGs, go ahead and mm-hmm. jump over on that Kickstarter and kickstart this game for y'all. Yeah. Um, if you like old games oh. which apparently gamers do. Sure. Only old stuff, not new <laughs> stuff. Star Wars Episode One <gasps> Racer has Whoa! a release date. It is May twelfth. Ooh. Sebulba is happy. Ooh, they really missed out on May Fourth, though. Huh? That would have been a good one. That would have been really be a really good one. one. May the Fourth be with you, man. Uh, it's coming out for PS4 and Switch. is going to be fourteen ninety nine. Mm. I don't think that's it's but, that bad. No, uh, Asper Games is actually the one porting it. They worked uh, to port Jedi Outcast and mm-hmm. Jedi Academy okay. uh, recently, and those are both like what ten bucks right now that you can pick mm. up awesome happy times hopefully the game holds up i'm not holding out that much hope but <laughs> i imagine it's, it's so gonna fun.
1: play just how the original did yeah
0: they got jake lloyd to actually do the voiceover for anakin in the original really game. i did not realize That's that, that was cool. actually i jake, mean jake he didn't lloyd. have much else going on like what, what was he gonna say a oh, rockin <laughs> i love pod racing it's
1: working
0: Is that the force I feel in my pants? (laughs) Padme, I love you. (laughs) Look (laughs) at what I can do, Mom. You're 10 years my senior, but I like you.
1: (laughs) Wow. Yeah, there's some some things in in the the prequels that... uh, I don't know how you got away with George, but you know.
0: Actually, Asper Games—if they really wanted to go for broke—they should have gone back, remastered all the voice lines, mm-hmm. got back Jake Lloyd now mm-hmm. to play him. That'd been great. I love you, Padme.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Padme. <laughs> but they, but they can't get Natalie Portman. They get like Kira Knightley instead. They get Kira Knightley and they get confused on that one.
0: They they end up with Shoshana Roberts, whatever her name is. Shoshana Shawshanks. She was in uh, Rules of Attraction. You know
1: what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) The other Kira Knightley. (laughs) Did you have a lot of uh, history or time with uh, Episode 1 Pod Racer?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I had it on N64. Mm. I love the shit out of the game. There was like this holy bunch of Star Wars games on Nintendo 64. Let me Mm. rat them off for you, okay? Do them. Rogue Squadron. Okay. Yep. Uh I actually liked Naboo Starfighter, okay. which was a spin-off of Rogue Squadron that you can only get a blockbuster. That was a good mm. one. And then of course, motherfucking Shadows of the Empire. N64 was a great time
1: for Star Wars, I think so too. And a really lot of people great. would argue against it, but like fuck that's no. what like Lucas Arts was doing cool shit on like the in the Ex- video game space.
0: Exactly. They they felt like such an experimental uh studio just doing whatever the fuck they wanted. They're were like we're going to do this t- type of game or like <laughs> this studio is going to go take care of this type of game. I'm happy. I'm happy that this game's coming back. I'll pick it up. 15 bucks yeah should be probably cheaper because i don't remember this game being very robust
1: at all there was a lot of replay value because like you did a lot of circuit races and then you did them on like harder difficulties or i think there were like six main planets you go to as well you Different
0: you planets to... on yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: that, that, was game, that game was hot that
0: game was hot and then it had the first person mode
1: at the first person mode and that. like you would wreck your pod racer as you would go so you have to repair yeah. it on the fly which would cost you time in the moment but it would make you faster in the long haul so you could probably catch up and win
0: risk versus reward man that's pod racing and like
1: you can upgrade your pods man that game was so yeah, good
0: game is hot yeah you can customize your pod mm-hmm.
1: oh, yeah you took your fucking broke ass pod to like Watto's market and you're like hey Watto I need a new fucking turbine booster would like okay honey we get you that booster right away <laughs> okay honey how's your mama honey, <laughs> honey she looking at her good,
0: that Padme. That, that's pa, Padme. Is okay. What is his mom's name? I um Padma. That's a very good question. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not gonna recall she- it here. Shay. Shay. She- <laughs> Sh- Shoshana. <laughs> All right, Daniel, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this news episode, the stuff that I wrote out. Number one on here, mm. and it's been a long mm-hmm. time coming mm-hmm. for us to have this stupid discussion. I
1: hate that Like we recorded two episodes about Resident Evil, and it, then this broke right after. This We're broke like, right oh, after, yeah. Where's yeah, my fist? Where's my mouth?
0: Con- there, there it goes. Constant Resident Evil news. All yeah. right, number one on here is that Capcom is reportedly remaking Resident Evil 4.
1: Who saw this one coming? The world. The I- world. The world prayed for it. I was like, I'm actually kind of shocked, but also not surprised. A thousand wishes and prayers throughout the night.
0: (laughs) John Capcom woke up suddenly with a start and said to himself, do you remember that 2005 spooky game? Yeah. The one, the one that one,
1: made us all the money?
0: The one that made all the money, right? The 7.5 million units that went... Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Remake it. Go for broke. Get Go the real broke. studio on here.
0: Go for broke, man. All right, so i in here. Sorry, Code Veronica, uh, and major apologies to Dino Crisis. Uh, Capcom knows what its next remake is, and it's a game most of you likely own two to three times mm, as is. Yes. Multiple outlets, including Video Games Chronicle and Gamatsu, have had sources say Resident Evil 4 Remake is in full production and is planned for a 2022 release date m2 the studio founded by former platinum games head tatsuo Minamami, did i say that right minimi
1: i think you had it good the first time
0: Minamami, and i'm adding i'm adding syllables in there uh is said to be (laughs) leading the project this is the same studio that helped redworks develop resident evil 3 remake along with internal capcom teams Hmm. But what's a Resident Evil leak without hearing from the Capcom leaker himself? The Aesthetic Gamer, a.k.a. Dusk Gollum. The Gollum's back. (laughs) The Gollum is back. Two episodes in a row. Mr. Gollum wrote on Twitter that this leak was inevitable, but doesn't feel it's the right time for it because the remake is, well, two years out. We won't see anything for it for at least a year. And it's not even the next Resident Evil game releasing. Resident Evil 8 is Mm -hmm. next year, Mm -hmm. uh, supposedly for quarter one, 2021. He also says fans should keep knocking on Capcom's door about a Code Veronica remake since the company does listen and RE8's team will need a project once that game is shipped. Hmm. Dusk Gollum tweeted about M2's involvement. Surprisingly, the studio was established in 2018 with the express goal of remaking Resident Evil 4. M2's assistance on RE3 Remake was a practice run of sorts for the studio while they continued the work on RE4. The title has been in development for over four years and has series creator Shinji Mikami's blessing. He was reportedly asked to helm the remake but declined due to his obligations on Ghostwire Tokyo. I know, I know, but also like he owns a studio Tango Gameworks. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I don't know what situation how that would like work necessarily because mm-hmm. they are owned by Zenimax. Yes. So it's like, is that Bethesda getting some Resident Evil money if they were to like help out with that? Yeah, I, maybe I think that's a messy.
1: Or maybe he signed like a non-compete, like non-competition disclosure. I don't know.
0: Or would he have to leave
1: the studio to just Do
0: like it. work on it? I'm sure there's a bunch of reasons where he's just like, I don't really want to revisit old shit. That's fair. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But Dusk was mum on further details, warning that anything could change this far out. But said, "quote I understand the interests slash concerns, but whether it helps or not." Be aware RE4 does have a larger overall team than RE2 or RE3 Remake had, and a lot of time conceptualizing it. Development actually started in 2018, but there were talks before that. End quote. Well, Daniel, we are past the question of whether or not Mm -hmm. they should, Mm -hmm. because it looks like they are. So, what should this game be? Because, in my opinion... Mm -hmm. This is a really dicey one tonally, Mm -hmm. and as far as legacy goes to remake, because one, a lot of people will bring up, like, it's not really that old, 2005. Mm -hmm. Sure, its mechanics are outdated, but overall, it's still a really well-placed action game.
1: I mean, it was like the first modern Resident Evil yeah by all accounts it informs so many games like fucking Dead Space with a third person shooter over the shoulder aspects and all the remake games that have come since it Mm -hmm. moved the series away from like you know fixed perspectives and pre-rendered backgrounds and into kind of a new age of like Resident Evil
0: and zombies. and zombies. Walked away from zombies walk completely. Away. Yeah, Walked exactly. away from all the normal monsters yeah. and, and introduced more of a campy tone mm-hmm. where, you know, Leon S. Kennedy was kind of a swashbuckling main character yeah. versus being like a wet behind the ears rookie and such.
1: Like, what a a, a chasm of a jump in terms of, <laughs> yeah. of character development where it's like, I, was there a movie in between two no. and four? No. So He's you literally nothing. get him being a wet behind the ears first day on the job yeah. cop to being this fucking like quippy, boulder punching son of a bitch in, in Europe. Yeah, who's makes no sense, fucking okay. <laughs> uh, doing
0: flip kicks and yeah. jumping out of windows mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, using every gun under the sun <laughs> against mm-hmm. every enemy imaginable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's a huge about face for the series. And in fact, part four created the identity crisis for Resident mm-hmm. Evil between straight up horror and then action horror. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we're back there again. Yeah. man. RE3 was an action horror game.
1: Yep. We we could really just say history yeah. is repeating itself yeah. at this point.
0: Yeah. So, I think the question is how do they go about remaking this game in a way that feels A, modern, mm-hmm. and B, doesn't feel disrespectful to the original game? Okay cuz this one's a really hard one cuz i feel like if if you're remaking a game that's like 25 years out mm-hmm. way easier to deal with right cuz i think so uh, cuz like everything was so outdated then and a lot of people have just stronger memories of it than the actual like Mm-mm. legit product itself mm-hmm. but this one is like nah, man you ported this fucking yesterday yeah it was it was
1: ported to the switch fucking like a day ago i remember steve yeah. Gaynor tweeting about it like yeah. it's his favorite game of all time yeah so, so what's I, up i think that the, what they're doing here is smart right you say it's easier to remake a game from 25 years ago. Yes and no. Well, like, no, no, It's like, not easy
0: doing anything, yeah. right? No, no. But. I just
1: mean in terms of um, expectations, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you know, you remake a game, like we'll say Final Fantasy VII or Resident Evil 2 or even 3 in this remake standard and people have a lot of preconceived notions or things that they expect the game to be and then when it isn't mm. that, they get upset about it, you know? these developers had a vision going into it and like, it's what they ended up with in the end, you know? So if, like you have like gamers who, you know, especially with resident evil three, like screaming about like cut content. Like, you know, what do I want from Mario oh, the
0: going cut forward? Content debate, I want, yeah, I
1: want that cut, con- cut content. I'm saying, I said,
0: wrong, so I said cut content. Yeah.
1: But here, here's the thing with this, right? Hmm. If we were running into the territory where Capcom kept on this every year remake track, I'd be super worried. The fact that they've been working on this since 2018, and we still have another two years before it's even, you know, out. It hasn't even really officially been announced. And the fact that they have, like, the best of the best working on it. You know, they had uh, M2 kind of getting their feet wet, but they're also going to have Capcom proper on it. They have all these other people. They have fucking, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Shinji Makani's like, Blessing and all this other shit. And it gives me good faith that, like, they wouldn't roll forward with it if they didn't think they could modernize it and do justice to it. Mm -hmm. But there come a lot of challenges with that, right? Like, you always say, the issue with this game it's so totally different, right? Like, how do you mix the camp with the action combat? How do you balance and modernize, like, you know, shooting a hundred villagers at a time and, you know, make up for things like ammo popping out of their body or, like, you know, some of the stuff that doesn't translate to, like, a modern game, you know? Especially if you have, like, people from, like, Platinum on it. There's a way you can go with it. I I just worry that it might lean into, like, other territory. Like, you know, maybe Devil Mm -hmm. May Cry. Maybe that sort of camp and that sort of, like, tongue-in-cheek, like, you know, humor. But we'll see how they, like, evolve that part of it. But in terms of the gameplay, I'm not worried about that. Like, I think they're going to, like, keep building off of what 2 and 3 Remake have done and just refine it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And make it faster.
0: And if there is a game that needed uh, a mechanical boost mm-hmm. out of like all of the games in the series, well, first of all, Code Veronica needs so much help. Yes. But, uh, we'll get to that. RE4, definitely, you know that, I feel like that's a barrier of entry for a lot of people, because mm-hmm. it's still technically the tank controls, yes. just from a different perspective. So to go in and add the RE3's mechanics, mm-hmm. yeah, you're in a good spot already, right? People would be like, oh, thank God, right? But I, I feel like there's a lot of elements that you need to reconfigure and rethink, much in the same way that FF7 did mm-hmm. with the remake. They weren't just going to leave the honeybee shit intact as is, right? Mm-hmm. Just in the same way that I think a lot of stuff with like the little the little guy salazar Mm -hmm. is gonna be really weird to try to remake if you don't have like a new take on it Mm -hmm. you know i my suggestion is that you try to find a way to marry the campiness of re4 Mm -hmm. with the grit and terror of the remakes in a way that makes sense. And I would almost say, and this is a weird, like I I, I told you about this. This is like an offshoot way to think about it. It's Mm -hmm. like, what would Rob Zombie do with a remake? Mm. (laughs) Now I know that doesn't excite everybody, (laughs) but I mean to say like, what would he do to be like, Ooh, this is dated as fuck, but also I need to make it, new and in somebody's face mm. <laughs> these days and i feel like having having these characters be like more malicious or mm. add the horror to them rather than just sitting back on the campiness that they were originally yeah. of like the villains i think that might be a cool direction to lean into mm-hmm. where then we started to bridge the gap between what the remakes did with what this original game was right because mm-hmm. I, st- I still think there's a lot of stuff that would translate super well yeah i think the so the exploration the environmental puzzles oh, are so a big it, part of
1: it the general settings too like the general each setting. setting in the game is really fucking yeah. neat and well well thought out and I think that's that's gonna translate perfectly with this new skin like you know how many years later fifteen seventeen 15, years later at this point like, yeah, yeah. um uh, so that that's gonna be super cool to see but yeah you you do have to kind of recontextualize a lot of these villains because it's like a lot of them. You know, we're over-the-top, campy, almost like comic book villains. They were comic Almost book. caricatures mm-hmm. of, like, what you would see in a, a real take on these characters. And I imagine that's still going to happen, but, like, I think they're going to maybe ground them a little bit more, right? Yeah. Like, a character like Salazar is so over-the-top.
0: Way too over-the-top, right? Um, God forbid to see how Capcom deals with, mm-hmm. like, the Wesker problem when they get back to a game oh, where he's yeah. featured in it again, right? Yeah. Like, how do you deal with my fucking this Matrix-inspired... Well, Superhuman,
1: especially too, since he hasn't really been introduced in this remake timeline. Unless exactly. you consider the original Resident Evil remake, the start of all of this. Like he hasn't been reintroduced in like the modern remakes.
0: And even then, yeah. we we do we have nothing to inform the Wesker that we know in Part Five. Right? Exactly. And also, are, how where does this stop? Are, mm-hmm. are they gonna are they gonna remake five? <sighs> I say no. I, I say don't do I, anything like that. I really think like you, you just
1: need to stop at four. You need to stop at four. Because at that point, you're just being kind of like... You're being super derivative. You're being derivative, too. Yeah. And it's just like, go go back and make the last remake <laughs> you need to make. Yeah, maybe, maybe there's two more you need to make, right? Code Veronica, definitely. And if you want to go back and remake the first one... You have my blessing. That would be fucking awesome to to do. But after this, walk away from it and kind of go a new direction, either with your remakes or continue on with the the timeline that Resident Evil 8 Village is going to kind of set forth with. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they have a big challenge ahead of them. I think they need to really ground a lot of the the moments and settings and boss fights because you can't get away with doing a lot of the same things. You can't get away with having like fucking five chainsaw guys coming at you in an arena. You Mm -hmm. have to make these bosses more of a challenge, more of an event. You know, every yeah. time they occur. There's
0: gotta be there's gotta be something else to surprise you yeah. in this game that I don't think is just like a... w don't do a one for one of the original. Yeah, you can't. But at the same time don't sway too far away mm-hmm. from what made that game good. I think another another question in my head is how do you handle Ashley Graham? Yes. Now that we have fucking 17 years of feedback people really don't like uh escort mechanics Uh in games yeah where games like the last of us have done very good jobs of curbing out that annoyance for what an Mm -hmm. escort character is so like how do you update her especially her characterization i do not think you can do what what she was in the original which was useless yeah useless and helpless it
1: it was it was my date with the the president's daughter and she was super annoying and a lot of dead weight and (laughs) like i think you have to really look kind of look back on the last like few almost decade and a half of companions and kind of like do something new with her and make her a new character look at elizabeth from bioshock look at ellie look at some of the characters even that you haven't as companions in final fantasy and mm-hmm. and do something new because like you walk a dangerous line by doing a one-for-one representation of what oh, she yeah. is what leon is what this game is
0: yeah yeah so. yeah they, they they need to look at a lot of the story At that's the funny thing mm-hmm. Like, from a gameplay standpoint, I don't think there's much that needs to be remade, just <laughs> remastered. Yeah. But from a story perspective, the whole bitch needs overhauling.
1: What What do you think is, like, the most critical thing that needs to happen for this to be successful? Or, like, what's something that they would need to take out? Take out yeah. from the original? Yeah. Ashley <laughs> okay. that's no, not gonna but,
0: happen I mean yeah it's not gonna happen they need to revisit how Ashley is done mm-hmm. right because that's like the whole that's the plot line of yes. why Leon's there at all right mm-hmm. I think the most critical thing that they need to do is figure out what is that balance between tone and mm-hmm. gameplay uh, because you can't do a one for one of the original anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause I think people will walk into and be like, Ooh, what the fuck is this? Like, especially if you're coming off of Resident Evil two and three remake, mm-hmm. you'd be like, um, what happened to the horror at all? Like it's mm-hmm. gone. And then on the other side, if you go too deep into it's a survival horror RE4
1: mm-hmm.
0: fans of the original will be like, wow, why'd you make this? <laughs> why'd you call this four? you know
1: what if you do something cool with it right because this is definitely one of the longer resident evils like yeah, well, this is like a long four uh, sorry a 10 hour game 10 mm-hmm. hour plus game yeah maybe you do it in parts or maybe the first act you lean into kind of what re2 remake and 3 remake did in the village and the castle and make it more of a like kind of grassroots survival horror game mm-hmm. and then when you move on to further settings like the fucking the island then ramp it up. Let's... Okay, now we're taking that Resident Evil 3 inspiration. Now we're fucking going next level with it. Here are these action set pieces. Here are these bigger moments. You know, it's not all at once. There's an evolution to it that we see from the beginning that makes sense. So.
0: That actually, I think it would work to have, like, a sense of scaling that respects Resident Evil beyond what 4 is. Yeah. Respects, like, the whole lineage of where we where we were and where we went. Mm-hmm. Like, this this feels like a game that's super important to capcom yeah and you could tell by the way that they're just like we established a studio to just make this game mm. is a serious proposition yes. <laughs> right and, and to have like their best of the best like come in and assist on this mm. i think they give a shit about this one this is not just like oh yeah we want to get it out the door mm-hmm. and it's gonna be like a four-hour campaign and oh sorry you guys were upset no 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 they want to make this one right
1: i have faith in them like i don't think they would do it if they didn't think they were doing it for a reason you know yeah much like when you know neil and team made the last of us part Two, that's not something they needed. To do but they did it because they felt they they mm. had something that to say with it and I feel like Capcom is the same way right here they have something to say with this remake
0: yeah as much as it pains me that's the same reason what we don't have an Onimusha or Dino Crisis remake mm-hmm. Capcom's not confident about the direction of what to do with that mm-hmm. these days you know
1: yeah I mean well they're definitely getting a lot of feedback from fans like you yeah. know when they post these like hey we're we're asking for the community's feedback on like what we're doing with Resistance or what you want from the next remake. A lot of people say, "Hey, do Dino Crisis, do these things." Mm-hmm. And I hope they take a lot of that into consideration and move forward with it, you know. Get the right people on the team, get like maybe fans on the team, you know. Do what um what Sega did with Sonic Mania, you know, get like fans and lovers of the franchise to make this new product. Right. You know.
0: Maybe that could work out. Mm-hmm. That could work out or not ever. Or not.
1: Daniel. I mean, we won't know until Dusk Gollum breaks the next bit of news about it. That's true. Yes.
0: He's, he's, he's got some secrets. He knows what's up. He knows they kill Ashley in the first act. He knows it.
1: Now, here's two things that uh, this yeah. ga- this game needs for me. It needs a Mercenaries mode, and it needs a Platinum Trophy. Yes, This will be the first time a Resident Evil 4... 4- will ever have a platinum. I know, it's super important. And it's important.
0: That's the only thing that fans have been <laughs> screaming about, that yeah. platinum. They're like, you have such a bogus trophy list. It is, it's a bogus trophy list for the f- fucking the ports. ports. yeah. Like, I was like, this is a 12-hour fucking game and mm. you guys have like six trophies. This is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other side, mercenaries, yep, bring back mercenaries in big way. Don't try to sell me on some bullshit... Uh, like asymmetrical, modes, yeah right? asymmetrical online <laughs> that was never there to begin with no 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 no, no what no. if they just decide mercenaries hey, you
1: know we thought about mercenaries but here's a resident evil 4 battle royale
0: it just feels so <laughs> stupid that it's like mercenaries is beloved amongst <laughs> fans and capcom always looks at it and goes oh. you don't want this right this one this like they're dangling it over a balcony yeah. this is the one you don't want right oops i dropped it anyway here's resistance, here's like,
1: resistance. Like, like fuck they off they literally could have done outbreak or mercenaries or anything else literally anything and we would have been happier but
0: anyway let's move on to number two my friend we got a few others on here on mm. uh, number two Sony uh, well Sony may produce a limited amount of PlayStation 5s during its first year okay this may not come as a surprise, but some of the some of the components of the story are a surprise. So, Bloomberg reports that Sony is planning to make less PlayStation Fives in its first year than it did for PlayStation Four. This throttled production is said to be unrelated to recent events, although sources close to the company say the coronavirus pandemic has impacted their promotional plans. I guess, and that apparently entails actually having a big production or conference for us for Mm -hmm. a reveal apparently that's scrapped yeah so i don't know how they're going to reveal this thing (laughs) anyway so rather bloomberg writes that sony quote expects the ps5's ambitious specs to weigh on demand by leading to a high price at launch end quote that sentence doesn't quite make sense but what they're trying to say is that these components are so fucking hard to get it's going to be a very expensive console
1: but yeah. It has nothing to do with coronavirus or anything that's happened in the last six months.
0: No, actually. These things are like hidden materia. <laughs>
1: I'm so sorry. That's bullshit.
0: Bloomberg <laughs> says the Japanese giant has struggled to set a price on the console due to scarce components. Mm-hmm. The scarcer the components, the higher the price tag must be for Sony to break even on the system. Game developers that have worked on titles for PS5 anticipate the price to land somewhere around Four ninety nine mm-hmm. to 549 dollars in, in this very economy. Good thing Sarah. I just
1: got my stimulus check. I'm gonna have to save that. There
0: you go. Yeah. Effort, that's the PS Five stimulus check. Thank you, Donald. Anyway, according
1: <laughs> scrub that. We're never thanking him for anything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you, you orange idiot. Anyway, according to those close to the console supply chain, Sony intends on producing five to six million PS Fives in the fiscal year ending March 2021. The PlayStation 4, in comparison, sold 7.5 million units by that time Mm -hmm. in 2014. Uh, So to avoid reliance on one-time hardware purchases, Bloomberg says Sony is considering a price cut for existing PS4 and PS4 Pro models to encourage recurrent revenue Mm -hmm. through PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now subscriptions. Sony likely sees value in how Microsoft has managed their Xbox Game Pass program and is hungry for the same meal. You could expect Microsoft and Sony to keep within lockstep of each other, especially with release plans. So far, neither company has backed out of a holiday 2020 release for their next-gen consoles. However, the Bloomberg report implies that if one company were to delay, the other would immediately follow suit. PS5 production may still take a hit due to COVID-19, however, as employees are working from home to curb the spread of the virus. The company's own board has been unable to meet to make key decisions for the current fiscal year, including plans for their next-gen console. (laughs) So, hey man, COVID has no impact on what's going on here. But uh, we might see some uh, huge delays, throttled production, and uh, key decisions cannot be made.
1: But it's just because these parts are hard to find. They're
0: scarce, Daniel. They they need to send a whole team. Jim Ryan has a task force scombing
1: the planet for fucking loose chips in the desert. <laughs> I rolled my eyes so hard they rolled <laughs> out of my fucking head.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I honestly think, like, everything about this year tells me, guys... Mm. You really need to put the kibosh on this. I'm sorry. You can't release a brand new console this year. Games are getting uh, fucking delayed because development houses are switching to work from home Mm -hmm. or they're dependent on outsourced studios that are shut down right now. Mm -hmm. There are so many problems that I don't understand how in a realistic world you can say we're going to launch this shit in
1: 2020. It's like launching a console in the middle of a recession. You don't do it, like you (laughs) You know, like uh, 2010, Sony would be like, let's ride out the PS three for a few more years. They should honestly do that with the PS four. To be honest, maybe get your fucking hardware development and you know uh, manufacturing deals in place. Get some stockpiles going because, like, okay, it is not unheard of for a console to launch with limited supply. The Switch ran with pretty limited supply in its first year, you know, uh, it wasn't until its second year that console life sales sprang into like the tens of millions, you know? So Mm -hmm. like, it's not uncommon for like there to be supply and demand and limited, uh, consoles, but, uh, it's just, I don't think it's the right time for it, you know, especially at an asking price that that's that much. And, you know, we don't even know the logistics of if, it's, if this is going to ship correctly or on time. If, you know, studios like Naughty Dog can't promise a game is going to come out in a certain time when they have to delay it indefinitely, maybe you should kind of delay your console plans indefinitely. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you need to re- release it at the same time as Microsoft to just be, you know, neck and neck. You can make up ground.
0: Yeah, you can make up ground. I mean, and, and that, that seems like a sorry excuse. It's like we're afraid of our competition getting the jump on us. Mm. Do, you, do you really think people, like, they won't have the same problems as you, Sony? That they're going to come out with an expensive fucking console that people are going to be slow to adopt because... Uh, a lot of people don't have jobs right now, a man.
1: A lot of people are like, okay, gaming might be at an all time high in terms of like, you know, entertainment interest right now, mm-hmm. but buying expensive consoles is not something everybody can do.
0: No, definitely not. And especially not now. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a weird thing. Actually, you brought up a good point before where the console cycle or the console life of PS3 and Xbox 360 was actually the longest in the industry because of a recession. Mm hmm. That's not the 10 years is not a normal console cycle. No, it's not. A lot of people started thinking it was and got surprised when PS4 and stuff were coming. And it was just like, no, guys, it's actually supposed to be five to seven years. Mm -hmm. That's it. And that's what we're actually seeing with this current gen. It's their plan is five to seven years, and we have something new. But um, just like a recession could have a big hit, um, how about a fucking global pandemic? Mm -hmm. You know, that's good good enough reason where I just, I get it though. Like for them as a company, what does that mean if they said all of our plans are delayed for this console. What does that mean for the people that they have there employed? Do that suddenly be like, "Hey, entire marketing team's you're gone. Bye." You know, it's like I wonder what that impact is. Like what is what is that balancing act for yeah. them on behind the scenes? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just seem like, "Well, we got to make money because we need money uh for fun." It's like, "No, we actually got to keep people flush mm-hmm. <laughs> and employed." I, I I wonder if that lends into their decision a little bit as well because mm-hmm. yes, our marketing plans are fucked right now.
1: Yeah. And I, I know you still have to be kind of bullish about those things because you do want to keep your studio healthy and mm-hmm. sales coming in and people employed, right? But I feel like a lot of the stuff that they're doing in terms of PS5 has been a forced hand thing. You know, um, I feel like the thing with the DualSense, the reason that they had to announce it is because they were probably shipping dev kits to people and they didn't want stuff to leak. Maybe they weren't even ready to actually show the DualSense. That was the
0: reason, actually. Yeah. Like,
1: And then moving on to this, it's just like, okay, well they have to keep that goalpost of Holiday 2020 or the competition wins so fucking what man what are you even launching with at this point like so many conversations i'm having with people are like yeah i'm interested in next gen but like what is there at launch
0: what is there at launch we can't so, even discuss you can't even like show us the console what's going on here you yeah know?
1: If, if major games that have been in development for years like the last of us part 2 and ghost of Tsushima, are being delayed i'm sorry gearbox but godfall is gonna get delayed like you know God, godfall yes yes Everybody's the, favorite loot and slasher. <laughs> the loot and slasher. So, like, there's going to be a very Randy. high drought of yeah. launch uh, games at launch. And we're going to see probably more ports and up and things of that nature. Or backwards compatibility features.
0: <laughs> Why don't you just get Randy Pitchford to take all the the bonuses that he slashed from employees to, to launch Godfall on time? Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's that's a lot of money from what I understand. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe the $12 million that he had in his back pocket that he took from... Uh, From take two. Whoa. Or is it 2K? 2K. You can never tell anymore, right? Okay. I'm just just saying. Just saying. Mm -hmm. We haven't gotten a chance to take shots at Randy. Yeah, and we have to. Like, we have to do it
1: every (laughs) fiscal quarter. (laughs) We really... Every fiscal quarter. (laughs) keeps us
0: young. Good times. Good times.
1: Console. So, are you surprised about this at all? Like, a lack of consoles at launch?
0: Um, I feel like I'm not surprised by any sort of thing that occurs Mm -hmm. now, thanks to this pandemic. Yeah. I think it's just kind of, like, a matter of when. Mm -hmm. So... Hey, something's supposed to come out. Okay, it's a matter of time until it's delayed. For instance, we didn't know what was going to happen to San Diego Comic-Con until yesterday. Canceled for the first Mm -hmm. time in its 50-year history. That's insane. That's insane. You want to talk about um, big impacts, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So the city of San Diego surmised that, or estimated, in 2018 alone, the San Diego Convention Center brings in about $1.2 billion of revenue into that city Mm -hmm. a year across it's a hundred plus events.
1: I believe that in terms of like, you know, tourism, hotels, local shops, Mm -hmm. stimulating that local economy for like that, that week or so Mm -hmm. does a lot. Yep rentals, all this shit, you know? Uh,
0: I think, and don't quote me on this because I was reading an article, but uh, direct spending from attendees at Mm Comic-Con amounts to about $88 million for the area. Wow, that's insanity. So, these things are happening left and right and they're having big impacts, right? Of course. So, maybe, and I I can, so from that standpoint, I understand why a company like Sony would be super reticent to say, no, we can't release this anymore and saying Mm -hmm. goodbye to potentially hundreds of millions of dollars for their fiscal year. That doesn't make sense for a business, right? Right, that's the kind of move that makes that ensures that we see layoffs, a lot of layoffs. So I can understand why they're being bullish about it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like the reality of it is, it probably won't go very well either way.
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> we're gonna see like a, a negative side of this regardless. Come holiday, mm-hmm. whether it is layoffs or you know it getting delayed, something's gonna happen.
0: Something's gonna happen. Something's not gonna be good. At least that dual sense looks real neat. Yeah. Now get me wrong. Don't do not get me wrong. If the PlayStation Five comes out this year. Kevin will be an adopter. Yes. Kevin shall adopt. (laughs) Kevin's hungry for that Sony stuff. And then that DualSense looks so good. Number three, my friend, Mm -hmm. World War Z is real. It's outside. We got to go. Oh, shit. (laughs) Shit.
1: Get your Uzi. Let's
0: go. (laughs) Well, I'm more of an assault rifle guy. Yes. Anyway, World War Z is getting a Game of the Year edition and a Switch port. If they ever figure out how to do it. So Saber Interactive announced that their co-op Zombie Shooter is receiving a Game of the Year edition. The re-release will feature new character packs, weapon packs, and a new three-episode campaign set in Versailles, France. Ooh. Ooh, A fifth episode. I know. All previous DLC would be included, including that Japanese campaign, which is amazing.
1: So what does that say for people who already have the game? Is this, like, paid for content? I have
0: not been able to find any yeah. information about how the base game gets updated, mm. which is actually really upsetting to me.
1: I mean, if I have to <laughs> pay for it, it's fine. If it's free, awesome, because yeah. I'll play it either way.
0: I want that campaign, though. Mm. I'm. We love this game. Me and Daniel love this game. This is such a special game that we picked up for $11 randomly.
1: And I think we'd still be playing it if, like, we didn't get this barrage of releases in, like, yeah. the last three weeks between, like, Doom Eternal, <laughs> Animal Crossing, Final Fantasy, and Resident Evil 3. I, I, we, we talked about it in the kitchen where it's like, man, we got to go back to it eventually and get that platinum. Yeah,
0: got to get that platinum, man. We did the good work. We have most of our multiplayer trophies, but too.
1: It's not even that. I think it's just like we just have a genuinely good time with the, the gameplay.
0: They picked up the ball that Valve dropped yep. when they stopped making Left 4 Dead. Oh, yeah. Okay? That's what they did. Undoubtedly. So, Saber also confirmed the Nintendo Switch version of the game is coming, but they haven't locked in a date. The studio is no stranger to Switch ports, most notably having ported CD Projekt Red's The Witcher 3 mm-hmm. to the hybrid. Console. CEO Matt Karch told IGN that condensing The Witcher to run on the Switch was no small feat. Quote The biggest challenge was finding which compromises could be made to the game which wouldn't have a significant impact on the visuals. We needed to make sure the game looked great, fit into the Switch's memory, and ran at a solid frame rate. There was really no single factor which made this a reality. <laughs> we experimented constantly for the first few months until we found that balance end
1: quote I'm gonna be honest porting this is probably gonna be a lot of like an easier feat in some ways
0: well actually he said he also admitted <laughs> that getting World War Z to run properly on Switch is an even tougher proposition <laughs> oh, wow we'll see about that <laughs> he says quote keep in mind that we are rendering scenes with hundreds of enemies mm. and four players online okay. getting this to run on the Switch is the hardest thing we have had to do this is true even though we are porting our own Swarm engine over to the platform end
1: quote is that the name their engine
0: yeah That's the swarm cool. engine because they swarm you oh ha world war z game of the year edition will be available may 5th for $49.99 on ps4 and xbox one and $44.99 on pc exclusively through the epic game store no. no 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 no, no. <laughs> it can't be <laughs> please don't do it
1: <laughs> take my eyes but not the epic game store money
0: <laughs> tim sweeney he's fucked me again <laughs> so i'm i'm happy that there's more content coming from this game Mm -hmm. i I wanted to write about this game because i feel like it gets overlooked in a lot of channels Mm -hmm. but it's really good it's a solid third person shooter and it's one of the best zombie games out there right now
1: yeah i mean not that there is like a lack of zombie games but it fills the void that game's like left Left for dead one and two and Mm -hmm. dead island and i I guess you could even say like dying light in some capacities left behind you know and it's just it's real snappy the combat's fun the matches are pretty fast and the campaign is surprisingly good
0: when you say left behind do you mean an adaptation of the films left behind did i say left behind i heard you say left behind oh what's his what's his name i always forget his name
1: uh bible boy kirk oh my god kirk Cameron Kirk Cameron yes Kirk Cameron
0: oh man could you imagine Telltale's Left Behind <laughs>
1: starring Kirk Cameron and
0: it's just like a the, the opening chapter is like a bible opening up and goes here's the new
1: chapter <laughs> I'm surprised that there isn't like a like Christian equivalent studio to Telltale that tells like bible stories and parables <laughs> in video game format whatever happened to that Jesus I game I was gonna <laughs> just say what was that called uh, I think that was just called Jesus the Game Seeking Salvation
0: yeah the one where it's a first person Jesus simulator yeah <laughs> <Right? laughs>
1: And you're living out phrases from the, the Bible. And I think it the, the the climax of the game is the ultimate crucifixion of Christ. Really? Yeah. It's not
0: when he turns water to wine no. and gets sloshed. No,
1: that was a free update. I, and I think the DLC yeah. post-launches uh, the Easter update oh where he comes no back shit. From the dead
0: oh <laughs> fuck he moonwalks right out of that cave yeah <laughs> it's amazing
1: <laughs> but world war z cool what I'm, about World War z? i'm glad that it's coming to the switch even though i don't know logistically how it's gonna run yeah let between, me tell you like, something i multi-flyer. will never play that game on the switch no, in my life no, no, not
0: ever switch online is not worth the proposition it is not worth it Try me going on to that shit if you can't even get Smash Brothers online yeah. to work right, how are you fucking going to make this third party game There's work?
1: There's such a level of um, coordination that you need to to make this game successful in terms of like sessions where it's like if you're not communicating with your team, you're going to die.
0: Also, can I use the um, the the mobile app to use voice chat in the game? Is that one of the three games that is featured on that app? I don't I, think so. Highly doubtful. I don't fucking think so. Can I impart, my, import my fucking Jeff Goldblum designs in the game like it's Animal Crossing? I doubt it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can i
1: shoot zombies in the swarm engine yeah that's yeah about you could it. do that that's about it you could do that right what
0: if they came at you and they're just like oh yeah it doesn't have the pvp aspect at all for that edition i
1: could see it not having it at launch yeah where it's like something they roll that. out later yeah yeah yeah. I like don't they, know. they do like a nintendo direct where it's like coming in, in march 2021 <laughs> world war z ah but the multiplayer is not coming till may
0: it's a hard thing to make like an online centric game work for the switch
1: it it just is i guess i mean they ported overwatch the switch i don't know logistically oh, how that yeah. game is doing or how well it plays i don't I hear,
0: know i don't know anybody talking about that game
1: i mean it's that's a tough one too because it came out when all that stuff with um hong kong and, and blitzchung was happening oh that's true but you know i know if people have played it and it, if it scratches that on the go overwatch itch so maybe that's going to be the same thing with this game for people
0: y'all these gamers go crazy for the switch they act like they leave their homes it's crazy. Why do, why do? Oh, portable mode. It just means they want to have YouTube on the background when right. they just lay down and play a game. Come on, don't act like you're going on your fucking
1: going on a train. Nobody can go on a train these days. <laughs> yeah, at this point, like you might as well just have a PlayStation because you can't go anywhere. Yeah, man,
0: just get a PlayStation. <laughs> get a PS5. <laughs> all right, good stuff. Now the last thing on here, my friend, we're back to where we started oh. talking about Final Fantasy, and I thought this was all very interesting stuff because this mm. came out of an interview. So, the latest Famitsu interviews Final Fantasy VII Remake's director and producer, and we got some tidbits out of, well, the why, the where, and the when about this game. Okay. So, the April 23rd issue of Femitsu features an interview with both producer Katase Yoshinori and director Namura Tetsua regarding the first part of their reimagining of Final Fantasy VII. Shout out the frontline gaming Japan for paraphrasing the duo's <laughs> responses. When asked how development began on the remake, Katase said that he had the idea around Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary to simply redo the game using graphics from Advent Children. (laughs) That was really where it began. Katase credits the development staff for expanding the concept, including coming up with a hybrid combat. Nomura mentions that the combat system was remade several times during development, as the team wanted to strike a balance between real-time action and the active time battle system. Because the two contradicted each other, the team underwent a lot of trial and error to make it work. Though, Katase directed the original game, he says, most of the direction story and world building was handled by Nomura. Katase did contribute some level planning, including the Mako reactor five scenes. That's pretty Mm. much it. When asked what the hardest part of remaking the game was, Katase referred to fans as mental remakes. This is where time and nostalgia creates a beautified version of parts of the game in players heads raising their expectations. Katase says most of the staff working on the remake grew up playing the original, and the respect they had for the game's legacy helped them push through the mental remake barrier. Hmm. Nomura ended the interview by saying that the remake does not overwrite the original. He hopes fans of the original can enjoy the nostalgic parts of the game as much as the parts where it deviates. Though this is the first of multiple parts, he believes the game has enough volume to be enjoyed on its own. There you go. Hmm. So interesting little insights from them.
1: I'm a little confused that he said around the 25th anniversary, he decided to simply redo the game's graphics using Advent Children. Mm-hmm. That timeline doesn't make any sense.
0: Why is that? What happened around uh, the 25th anniversary? Because
1: tw- so the game came out in 1997, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. 25 years from then would have been 2022. So like 2022, yeah, like that timeline doesn't add up. Nineteen
0: ninety, well, that's
1: weird. Yeah, <laughs> so that that's the only like weird thing that I was kind of scratching my head out. Um, but this
0: was a paraphrase translation yeah, yeah, of so <laughs> the maybe,
1: maybe the year got lost. Yeah, but, maybe the year was wrong. Maybe but, the fifteenth anniversary makes sense. May, yeah, that makes a little more sense because this yeah. started in development. I guess officially in like. Uh, 2015 and they've been working on ideas from it even prior with like some of like the Final Fantasy 13 iterations yeah, you look
0: really disconcerted by the timelines You're yeah like, well, a
1: so there are a lot there's a lot of uh, <laughs> timeline issues and incongruencies with this game anyway uh, as you'll find out yeah in, like, the latter parts of the game so, so yeah. even
0: even with the staff they were just like wait what we're, there's a dog that talks <laughs> what the fuck
1: <laughs> but i think so to kind of um quote where he said the hardest part is the idea of mental remakes mm-hmm. i think they like smash that out of the park you know yeah when, when you play through the first and i'm gonna do some light spoilers here and there so no! if you guys don't want to listen that's fine but like the opening moments of like kind of going through like the you know um sector sector eight mako reactor which is kind of like or is it sector one i'm sorry I the, don't remember. The the opening Mako uh, reactor that you destroy, that you do in the demo, that is the opening hour of the original game, yep. is so faithfully recreated and hits on so many emotional beats. And even from there, like... I think they did such a good job at capturing what it felt like to kind of walk through some of the (laughs) sectors of the slums and, like, some of the later parts of the game, like the Shinra building. It's like, we had these ideas of what these might have felt like in our head as a kid as being, like, expanded, and they made it feel expansive and modern. It made Mm -hmm. it feel, like, kind of just such a cool retelling of these environments, and and they did something special with it. Like, I, I know it was probably a lot of stress to get this right, but, like, I can say they nailed a lot of those environmental parts in major story beats. Where they kind of start to diverge, you know, is, like, kind of where, like, I'm scratching my head at times, and I'm just kind of like, okay, you're playing with some weird, like, timeline and time travel and, you know infinite earth shit that's but, the shit that i love but, but, we'll, but we'll see how they handle that in like the last chapter um, yeah, yeah yeah but i i think for for the most part like um the two of them Nomura and katase they they their brain trusts and and the team of people that worked on the game that have history with it they they did something that was faithful and um i'm i'm happy to have this product in my hands you know it makes me yeah. happy to be a, a <laughs> fan of this game and final fantasy as a whole because it feels like just such a, a beautiful homage yeah.
0: I I love the mental remake thing because yeah. I that is a challenge because a lot of people do gas up something that wasn't actually there to begin with because yes, it sure. just it just kind of crystallizes in their head right that the the these big adventures are their first foray into mm-hmm. like a narrative driven game for a lot of people Final Fantasy VII was their first Final Fantasy mm-hmm. yeah they make it bigger than what it actually is when you go back and like you play it on the Switch you're just like ooh this game's ugly ooh this dialogue's really shitty ooh that didn't hold up well this oh is,
1: okay this is really dated or yeah. ooh these characters are kind kind of whatever in one dimension yeah. and this game spins it all into this this web of like this this tapestry of like you know updated graphics and dialogue and emotional beats and music and it all is like it comes together and they they nailed it you know yeah. um whether these are like preconceived notions or, or thoughts I had in my head as a kid of like, oh, this is what I thought I remembered. It doesn't matter what I thought I remembered. This is what this game is now. This is and, what it is. And it's, it's cool.
0: It's so interesting at like, um, especially, um, having Nomura and Katase like recount, mm-hmm. you know, making the original games yeah. and talking about where they're at and stuff. And I think, um, fans had like you know they they treat these titles with such reverence mm. that they ask these questions like how did you know did you know that this would be like received so well and i remember Nomura talking about final fantasy 7 the original and he was like well when the game came out we didn't have the internet so yeah. i didn't even really know it was a success until we were like making like eight or nine <laughs> it was fun- which is the funniest shit to me yeah <laughs> it's like well that's how it was right they didn't know they were mm. they would like look at famitsu Fem- and be like oh i guess people are interested in this square just told us to make more we just saw the sales numbers I don't yeah know. <laughs> i feel like
1: when they did the back-to-back because like back yeah. in the day like turning out final fantasies was like turning out Assassin's creed games for, mm-hmm. for square soft and square enix like they did them every year yeah every year they rolled from seven to eight to nine pretty back to back and then even 10 i think they were kind of like kind of harboring and working on for for next gen probably for a few years because that was close to a like a launch title for for PS2,
0: Final Fantasy X actually like, might have been a
1: year out. Like 2001, 2002. If it was I
0: 2001. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, they, they definitely churn these games out. Um, I think uh, one of my favorite other bits is talking about like the evolution of the combat system, and I think this is where it probably pisses a lot of fans off. I think the combat is so brilliantly evolved from three different areas. Uh, I'll say Kingdom Hearts. Um, Because there's a lot of shortcutting and, like, button mapping that's so integral to, like, Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3, Mm -hmm. you know, Birth by Mm -hmm. Sleep. Um, Final Fantasy thirteen, the stagger system, is realized here in a new way. Um, It's so cool to see that. And actually kind of the um, pivoting between, like, different job classes and roles to, like, you know, build up a stagger meter and take an enemy down faster each time. And then um, Final Fantasy fifteen, that sort of blending of action RPG and turn-based, like, ATB building it's like all three of these games came together to make this combat system and i think it's like they took the best ideas of every game seeded it and then made this happen and i i think it's awesome i know like not everybody's down for it i've seen some people say like the combat's actually their least favorite part what uh maybe they're looking for like more of a free roaming kingdom hearts dealie where you can jump and hack and slash or maybe they're looking for something more traditional
0: like turn-based
1: yeah Get that out of your head, though. Like, that's this game is not that.
0: You'll slap that out of your head. I think actually, um, Square has gone on record as early or as late as 2018 or 2019 saying mainline Final Fantasy will not go back to turn based Mm -hmm. combat. Sorry, yeah, (laughs) they like the spin offs might, and then like games like um, Octopath Traveler are gonna definitely like harken back to that old school Mm -hmm. kind of mindset, but Final Fantasy proper is not gonna do it anymore.
1: Yeah, I think they they sailed that ship with uh Final Fantasy 11 and 12 and then when 13 came out and kind of retooled everything it's like nope you're not looking back at this point
0: yeah yeah which i think is fine yeah. there's because there's obviously a lot more ingredients to Final Fantasy than just the turn-based combat, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And a lot of it has to do with the story and the sounds and the music and, and the different like systems at play yeah. with each other. I really love how they realize the materia system in this game. Yes. It's simple to use, mm-hmm. it makes sense, and you can fucking customize it to your liking completely because mm-hmm. yeah. there's been like menu systems where that are just like uh, super convoluted what? and hard to use it's it's like it's it's own thing where it's like do I need to take like a three lesson course to mm-hmm. figure this out is this like an IT program what the <laughs> fuck is going on you're <laughs> like no this I, one's simple
1: yeah they, they definitely simplified a lot of the systems in ways that make visual sense and like they give you a tutorial for almost everything that you encounter for, for the first time which is pretty neat I will say in a lot of like ways this is probably one of the least Final Fantasy games I've ever played even though <laughs> (laughs) it is like a (laughs) a remake but like in terms of like you know it's linearity the way it pulls you from doing certain things to mainline story beats or the lack of exploration or the lack of an open world the action rpg elements the fact that you're not actually finding summons in the real world rather than doing them in simulations in vr like there's so many like elements Mm. that are very untraditional for a final fantasy game but yet it is still deeply and innately a, a faithful retelling and reimagining of the original you, you see it deviating hard and i know it's not going to resonate with a lot of people they're going to mm-hmm. be like this isn't the game that i grew up loving and that that might be true and we're sorry you know hopefully yeah. there's something along the way that you can find in love whether it is like seeing eric for the first time or seeing your favorite turk on screen you know not the one from scrubs yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: You Oh, know? that's my favorite turk <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite turk yeah. <laughs> um i will say it's like Square Enix has done a good job of, mm-hmm. like, porting those older experiences yeah. over. Like, you can basically get the entire collection on Switch right now, save for, like, neat. the Super Nintendo ones. Mm-hmm. That's So, like, that; those are still there. Those games still exist if that's what you remember and that's what you like. Mm-hmm. Um, I do get the disappointment of it, but I think from a developer's standpoint, they could do something where it's like, let's take Resident Evil 2, for instance. Mm-hmm. I think if they released a game that was just modern graphics but pre-rendered backgrounds and all the items are in the same place, a lot of people would be like... I don't see why you made this. I guess it's cool. And then purists would be like, "Well, you know, they could have done some more. <laughs> you know, like it would like, have been like you can't you can't win at that point." There's always right? something to complain about. So it's like I encourage studios to push a push mm-hmm. a title and its concept forward. This is a remake, right? This mm-hmm. is not hey not a one we're, for one. Exact, we're not remastering part one. Mm-hmm. That they, They've made that very clear about their mission statement on this right? They're like this is a remake of Final Fantasy I would VII.
1: say even with their <laughs> approach like okay visually like we're at part one of a remake which is mm-hmm. fully representative of disc one basically. And <laughs> yeah. I imagine they're basically if in my head I hope they do three in total at most where it's like each one is each of the discs that would kind of make sense. But there are going to be things that are going to get lost along the way or that might not feel super super, super faithful, but it's like, this is going to take time to, to see yeah. and work on. Yeah. Um, my thing is, do they keep going on this remake path or they kind of want it done here? Right? Like I know final fantasy 16 is inevitably in the pipeline. I think they're done supporting 15 uh-huh. final fantasy 14 is always going to be a thing that they're going to pump money into. I, I keep crying for like a final fantasy six remake in the vein of like Octopath, but like, it would be cool to see some of like the later PlayStation ones get remade like eight and nine, you know? How do you remake those in a way that makes sense, you know? Can you do it in the same
0: way? Some of the battles that I'm in, like, you know, when you're getting chased by giant robots and shit like that, like, Mm -hmm. I immediately thought, like, it would be amazing if they did the opening of 8, like, remastered, like, that were remade like this. But Mm -hmm. I don't think there's enough fan interest to make 8 happen in that fleshed out of a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think my, my, my preference would be that they do 16 after this game. Yeah. That 16 is not an MMO, by the way. Because they seem to do, like, every other game is an MMO. I'm mm-hmm. don't. I don't, I'm not interested in Final Fantasy MMOs at either. all. Um, unless you told me that it plays exactly like 7, but MMO. I'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe. Like, if you told me the combat was there, yeah. I'd be like, I'm interested, but still not my bad.
1: Yeah, like, it's going to be hard for me, like, even with this Final Fantasy fever I'm feeling right now he's got to, the feet, he's hot, to right? go back to the other games and get the same level of satisfaction from the combat because this is probably my favorite combat system of any final yeah. fantasy bar none yeah like the synergy between characters is so cool and switching on the fly to build up like the meters and like specking your your tifas and clouds and eris and barretts in a way that like feels personal <laughs> is so fucking cool and like no game has really matched that for me you know in the same way
0: And I love the fact that they all, like, when you get them all in a party together, each one feels so essential and complements the other. and unique, too. And, like, to the point where I thought that I would just, like, use them as tertiary characters and just focus on being a hack-and-slash master Mm -hmm. as Cloud not at all mm. i am constantly switching because i'm just like ooh, cloud's no good for this let me go over here like yeah. and it works and i was like no i don't mind switching to barrett or switching to Aerith, where or, other games would make that feel a little
1: painful or if i do have the preference i literally just hot swap materia like if i have something that i like that like barrett has that like maybe it's a magic attack i'm like let me take it and put it on another character that i like mm-hmm. using more you know? yeah
0: yeah that makes but
1: sense even still like i'll start a, a battle I'll line them up with Cloud. I'll switch over to Barrett to get that build and maybe throw some magic down and then do the heavier punches with Tifa. And that's that's my lineup, man. That's, yeah. how, I, that's how I roll.
0: I, that's a good lineup. Now, the question that I do have to just wrap this up <laughs> is that, well, we keep on forgetting that these are pretty substantial games. Like this is a very substantial game. So that means these are going to be mainline releases for square for a while. So does that actually mean 16 is probably not going to happen because their commitment to getting out the full dearth of how many ever episodes there are for seven?
1: I mean, I think it'll just get inevitably delayed for 10 years. Like 15 (laughs) did. Yeah. Um, We're going to see different permutations of it, or maybe ideas that maybe got put into seven remake that just got scrapped and then reused for 16. Honestly, I'm okay. Like I don't, I would like the idea of another remake down the line for other games, Mm. but, like, finish this. Finish this. Finish this. I can tell you have a story you want to tell, and, like, there's so much that's fundamentally astounding with this game, and I just want to see you keep evolving it from the next part to the next. So, like, yeah, I think their main focus should be on this, Mm because, like, this is going to bring in money. It's going to bring in fan intrigue. It's already bringing in people who are unfamiliar to the series. Keep, Keep rolling on this, you know. 16... Yeah, I'm excited for whatever that's going to look like, but this has my taste and attention right now. Yeah. So, same here. You know.
0: <laughs> same here. I'm interested in 16. Do something really interesting Mm -hmm. with 16 don't just do this because it works right Mm -hmm. make 16 its own vibrant distinctive entity yeah but still be informed by the fact that some of the open world kind of worked in 15 Mm -hmm. the combat definitely works in this Mm -hmm. one make it like this kind of combination entity that's like here's where final fantasy is going because we gave you those good tastes
1: i would like to see them from the bat just do like a true to blue final fantasy like Game for sixteen, make it feel more fantastical, steampunky kind of. Give give us like a callback. Give us eight characters that have job roles. Give us a real open world, airships, airships. Give us a guy named Sid or a girl, who knows. Give us airships. Give us airships and drive it. Don't make me just be doing beast hunts in the open world. Give me something else to do. You know,
0: I want to do crazy taxi airship missions. Oh, that'd be fun. You know what I really want for this remake? Hmm. I really want to get to the end of the game. Mm -hmm. Black screen shows up and it says please insert disc too. That'd be really (laughs) that'd be real hot. (laughs) That would be cool as fuck, right? (laughs) But yeah. All right, great game. Love that game. But I think we can land this episode, Daniel.
1: Yeah, because I wanna go and I wanna wanna play I wanna beat. Like I'm so close. I'm in chapter seventeen right now.
0: I I'm in sixteen or fifteen right now.
1: I think you're at the end of sixteen.
0: Because I fought Cthulhu
1: yeah which that was, was so cool that was the best fight honestly like so i like a lot of the the reimagining of like the districts and i'm gonna go we're gonna go into this more when we do our review episode but like he's going
0: into it now because he needs you, you, know,
1: it. you know you know wall market sector six like all that shit is so like fun and vibrant but like the shinra headquarters feels like what they did with nest in resident evil yeah which, like made these really cool thought out labs that have like kind of a history and kind of like a ghoulishness about them yeah, yeah i don't yeah. know yeah. i I'm it really loving, expands I'm, on it I'm, I'm loving my time in that part yeah it's
0: such a good fucking game so. good fucking game yeah, let's highest marks let's end this guys thank you for listening to the save room you can always depend on us for that gaming news because we would never lie to yeah.
1: gamers equip us like materia for that good good podcasting action just slot us right in mm. put us on your buster sword oh it's a good fit but it stinks a little
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay red 13 jeez <laughs> is that what he sounds like yeah it's like it stinks in here a talking dog anyway <laughs> i'm just sorry it's so mystifying yeah. i might like him because i like talking animals he's cool he's really cool. We're we talking about that like i love homeward bound and um oh, i forgot about this Dr. conversation and yeah. stuff like i love i love talking animals but I'm you don't like, like
1: animals that can't talk
0: no i don't understand them <laughs> well, <laughs> quite simply <laughs> i just don't get them <laughs> they go and i'm like what <laughs> 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 anyway guys thank you for listening to us if you want to check us out on twitter please at us at save room show mm-hmm. jump into our menchies give yeah. us your best horny on main ff Memes, holy
1: shit, how horny on main does this game have you?
0: Um, I'm pretty horny for Aerith, which apparently is the wrong answer to everyone I know. It's like it's Tifa, it's Tifa, bro. And I'm just like, <laughs> guys, this Aerith over here, mm-hmm. she's got that charm, she does that mental sparring yeah. with Cloud, yeah. she challenges him to be a better she's person. She's got
1: like this cottage girl next door look and feel about she's her. She, girl next door she's so her. sweet the girl next thing yeah yeah. yeah. like she does challenge cloud and make him want to be a better guy but like tifa is best girl it's hard it's hard right it's choosing between like (sighs) your childhood loves but like um i don't know tifa's gonna gonna win in my heart every time
0: Aerith, uh, my love for her is eternal right just as she is for sure
1: undoubtedly what about jesse though what about jesse Hey, don't, don't sully her, her name right you now. You know, I
0: thought I, I, I had some interest for a second there yeah. and then like, I don't know, it just kind of fell off. Yeah. She definitely seems like the kind of chick where it's just like, if you are even a little bored, like if you say, Hey honey, I, I actually just want to like stay in and watch like some Chernobyl and HBO this <laughs> yeah. weekend. She will leave you. She will leave you. She will leave you for good for somebody that's on a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually a true statement about her <laughs> okay so you gotta really you know do your value
1: plays right what was the one thing you said where it's like uh imagine you were like you know betting jesse and like just in the middle of sex you said like psych oh that was the best sex of my life psych yeah
0: no 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 yeah. no. and then like tifa is for people out there that really um want like a girl they can present to their parents but will step on them exactly that's not really my yeah.
1: style Like I like a rough girl who could maybe like beat me up and maybe switch. I like you know, maybe be a Dom, maybe be a sub. I got soft skin.
0: I got soft skin. You know it breaks easy. So that's never been a thing. Like, you know. Don't bite me too hard. (laughs) Just just hard enough. You can. (laughs) You can squeeze my balls, though.
1: Whoa! All right, we <laughs> land this. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, don't jump in our mentions about Kevin's ball squeezing. But definitely jump in our mentions about the best girls. We will see you next week, probably for another episode. No, and no and hopefully our Final Fantasy VII remake. That's Thank you, guys. <laughs> Good night. Wow.